The story you're about to hear is true. None of the names have been changed. None of the facts have been altered. And what makes it so special is that if you use your imagination, you can actually become part of it. Oh, hi there. I'm Candace. I was just working on situating my lived experience into a salient critique of ideology. Let's see if this thing works. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It seems like it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. But don't take my word for it. Why don't you come along for today's adventure in ideology? Welcome to Adventures in Ideology. If you are new to the show, this is a show where we listen to and discuss the radio drama Adventures in Odyssey, created in 1986 by Focus on the Family and still running today. If you were raised evangelical, you are probably familiar with it, and if you were not, prepare for some insights into a kind of bizarre subculture. Adventures in Odyssey was created with the express purpose of indoctrinating children. We try to identify the invisible assumptions that are present in evangelical theology and the way they are presented and normalized to kids through Adventures in Odyssey. We listened to and loved this show growing up, and now we are listening with a more discerning ear to identify and deconstruct the problematic ideas we were exposed to as children and look at how these beliefs have played out in our lives. We're excited you're here. Hi, I'm Karis. And I'm Candice. And tonight our special guest is Leah. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi, Leah. Thanks for coming and being on the podcast. So nice to see your face. It's been so long. It has been a while. Yeah. What is your relationship with Adventures in Odyssey? Honestly, I haven't heard a lot of them. So in elementary school, when I was like early elementary and my family was still going to church I had a friend who her family was heavily involved in church and anytime I went to their place we'd listen to Adventures in Odyssey but that wasn't like uh, like a regularly scheduled thing it was just every once in a while yeah um so I don't have memories of exactly what episodes are were like I just remember it playing it on cassette (laughs) on a cassette player um, and listening to it. So I don't remember specifics of any episodes I watched or listened to back then. Uh, And and like by the time I was like 12 years old, I never heard it again. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I'm excited to go through this one with you guys. Yeah, me too. Uh, So today we are talking about the shepherd and the giant which was originally aired October 29th, 1988. So I'll read the two-sentence description. Connie experiences the story of the shepherd and the giant using the Environment Enhancer, a new creation by Wit. When I remembered this episode, I thought she was in the Imagination Station, so I was surprised. We don't have the Imagination Station yet. It's literally just uh, headphones. Yeah. And an audio drama. It's like... An, oh, then an, what's the other one? The Imagination Station is like a thing that you go inside of. It's like virtual reality, kind of. It's like a machine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. I remember listening to this episode and wishing that I had an environment enhancer. And yes, so that I would like listen to tapes and I would like put in my headphones and like wish that I was really there. Oh. <laughs> I mean... 
the environment enhancer is the episode of Adventures in Odyssey. <laughs> just true. the sound effects. Because it's like yeah. literally he describes it as a story with sound effects. Oh, right? yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. That is, you did. The environment enhancer itself is your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so real for Connie. Yeah. Just like that time when he told Jack and Lucy the story about Jonah and they were like, where are we? Transformed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Transformed into the belly of the beast. Yeah. Yeah. Any other initial reactions before we jump in? How do we feel about David? Okay. Is there I... lots of thoughts on this? Because I have. Do you have lots of thoughts? Well, can we, well, do you want to share them now or wait till we like. Let's get wait till we get there. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I had a few thoughts. I mean, David I think, is the same voice as Eugene, right? He is, yeah. Mm -hmm. But he's, like, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, like, sexy Eugene. Yeah, I put that in my notes, actually. Amazing. <laughs> I love that David so much. David is sexy Eugene. Um, and also, we just wanted him and Connie to, like, hook up, right? A hundred percent. I totally wanted them to make out. How old is Connie? I don't know. How old is David? <laughs> they're both they're both teenagers. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah. But he sure doesn't sound like a teenager. <laughs> I know he's the most mature out of everyone, even the king. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. And the hardened God, soldiers guys. that are his brother. Brothers. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's start with the EXO plot. Okay. Chris is shopping an Odyssey mall, and for some reason a world-renowned fashion designer is looking for his inspiration there. And when she takes off her coat, he's, like, inspired by her ratty t-shirt. He's like, this is this is it. Basically. Oh, yeah. um, and he's like, anyone could wear that and, be, and have success. And then she talks about how success is more than just wearing the right garments. True success starts from the inside, not the outside, as we'll see on today's adventure. And I have to say, I did not think about this adventure in terms of success at all and totally forgot about that until I'm reading this just now. So we yeah. should revisit that once we go through this. We open on Wit in the Bible room working on a new invention and Connie comes in to clean up. Wit's got the headphones in, talking to himself, and he's like, that's just delightful. And Connie's like, well, not to me. This room is a wreck. Wit. Oh, I'm sorry, Connie. I had the headphones on. I'm just finishing up. What are you working on anyway? And then we find out he's working on an environment enhancer, which is just a thing that adds sound effects and music when you're listening to a story to make it seem like you're really there. It's like we're, it's a, it's a meta Adventures in Odyssey episode. Is it like, like within our own environment enhancer imagination inside the environment enhancer inside the story? It's like an Odysseyception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So and he he created this to make the Bible come literally to life. And Connie's like, "Oh, more Bible stuff, huh? There are more interesting stories than the ones in the Bible." And Wit then asks her to be his guinea pig. He's like, don't knock it before you try it. I need a guinea pig. Thanks, Wit. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Let me experiment on you. Um, and Connie's like, well, I have to clean up the room. And then Wit baits her because he's like, oh, what? Are you afraid you might actually like it? 
And she's like, no. So she puts the headphones on and we hear sheep. And then we are pulled into the story in our imaginations. The setup to the story. So Wit is the narrator inside um, Odysseyception. And so he starts narrating the story. Uh, and this part I thought was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The story you're about to hear is true. None of the names have been changed. None of the facts have been altered. And what makes it so special is that if you use your imagination, you can actually become part of it. I love these like I, factual Bible stories. I know. I was just think. I was just thinking that. This is what? um. This Where's is your a- proof? Where's your peer peer reviewed? unbiased peer-reviewed study that this is a true story (laughs) where's the historical evidence other than this book um and you know what i don't maybe it is maybe it isn't who knows (laughs) actually someone probably knows there are historians who do this kind of thing um that's true but i have to say like this this attributing every bible story as a true story is is hard on me (laughs) yeah um our dad was over a while ago and was like telling decided to tell the kids the story and he so he told them the story of jonah and he started it out as this is a true story and (gasps) oh no this really happened and i was just a little bit like "Uh." wow and then he was like, also recently someone got swallowed by a, a fish or something. So then I was like looking that up, but it, as far as I can tell, it wasn't true. Oh yeah. I was going to say what? <laughs> oh no. There was someone who got partially swallowed by a whale shark, which is the big okay. fish that they think might've swallowed Jonah and all of the speculation oh. about the story. But it, the the headline is like man swallowed by whale shark and spat up on shore or something, but it was like literally like it like took part of his leg in its mouth and then was like oh this isn't something I want to eat like it wasn't like it swallowed him whole and yeah. then he was in its stomach and then it vomited him, him out so it just man swallowed by big fish ran and ran until he was all pooped out <laughs> sorry. <laughs> To revisit the joke from our Jonah episode. From anyway, our Jonah so episode. this idea of the story being true, I think the harping on Bible stories being true is actually to their detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's Cause a lot it of just really narrows horrible... the scope then of what you're allowed to think about them and how you can explore them and, you know. Well, and a lot of them are really horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, God's chosen people killed thousands and thousands of other soldiers, whatever, other races, ethnicities, whatever, because they weren't God's chosen people. Is that really, like, something we want the rest of the world to know? Is that, <laughs> Is that something I mean, that we're proud of? Yeah. And it, I guess, like, if, yeah. you, if you leave space to be a little more, like, contemplative about it and think of it in broader terms, it could be a story of like how conflict is bad, you know, like not conflict, but like how war is bad, but it becomes a story of how like war is good. (laughs) And if you're God's people, God's people will always win a war. 
Yeah. I mean, they won't, I mean, except when they're captured because God is teaching them a lesson or whatever, you know, or it just becomes like, these are the politics of men and maybe God doesn't want anything to do with it. (laughs) And you're attributing things to God that maybe um, aren't from her. So anyway, we arrive inside the environment enhancer in a grassy field full of sheep outside of Bethlehem. And we meet David tending his sheep, playing his harp for the sheep. Sexy Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) And then his lamb gets taken by a lion and he goes and like bites the lion off. And you think that he's good. And then suddenly the lion like comes up from behind and Connie gets freaked out and like tears the headphones off and, and leaves the story. And then yeah, that like, would be terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like this story is actually super violent, but it's okay because God, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it's just, it's so weird. And then Mr. Whitaker's like, "What? It's not too scary for you, is it?" <laughs> or something taunting. And so, don't you want to know what happens? So she goes back in, and she doesn't see David anymore. She she meets Sa- Samuel who is on his way to anoint a new king. So she goes with him to see this guy named Jesse, because God has told Samuel to anoint one of Jesse's sons king. So Samuel sees all of Jesse's sons one by one, and is like, nope, 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 nope. Not none of those. God doesn't want any of those. And Jesse's like, well, I only have one son left. My youngest son, he's tending the sheep. So he sends for him. And it turns out it's David. So we're all so excited. And when Connie and Eugene, sorry, David. (laughs) (laughs) When Connie and sexy David reunite, you just want them to make out, right? Like that moment, I was like. They're just so happy to see each other. Having met only once in for less than a minute, like the level attacked by a lion. (laughs) (laughs) It's that adrenaline moment together just really bonded them. Yeah. Um, And also, like, are you going to tell me if you saw a guy who like beat a lion with his bare hands that wouldn't kind of be a little bit of a turn off? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. If only David wasn't gay. That was my. Which is yeah. uh, something I want to explore later in the episode. Later on. With you guys who uh, know more about the Bible than me. His, uh, well. his relationship with Jonathan. Uh. Yeah. So we find out God protected him from yeah. the lion. And then Samuel declares that he's the next king and anoints him. Connie's so excited because she's never seen anybody get anointed before. That th- This really surprised me because she says when he got up. So... Somehow, so now she's talking to Mr. Whitaker, who is like yeah. inside the story with her now, just right. for a brief moment, literally for this brief moment, and then he's gone again for whatever reason. So weird. For yeah. plot device reasons. And obviously, Wit so is Con- always everywhere. Yeah, like God. Yeah. 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 Connie says, when he got up, he seemed so different. And Wit says, that's what happens when the Lord touches your life. You're a changed person. But David was already, like, touched by the Lord, wasn't he? Like, 
the whole point, the whole reason. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're going to talk about being touched by the Lord. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a horrible like, person. If the Lord is saving him from lions, obviously yeah. he's, he's already connected. Yeah. No, that's a- absolutely. And he was already writing psalms and things, right? Before this. Yeah. Like, and so I thought that was a really dumb statement. Yeah, that's a good point. But the whole thing was like to show Connie, right? But it's still, it's really dumb. Yeah, because this would not have been the Lord touching his life. No. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, they are, then they're transported to a new place, which we find out is the Israelites army camp. They're at war with the Philistines. And David is bringing supplies for the war effort because he's too young to be at war. Right. Um, he finds his brothers and they're super pissed that he's there right then, which was kind of weird to me. Yeah, they're really mean to him. They're horrible to him. It's hard being a youngest child. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, thanks, thanks Leah. <laughs> no comment. Yeah. <laughs> it's waiting for Karen to be like, shut up, Karen. I'll like, move on. <laughs> Um, and I think it's because they come right around the time when Goliath of Gath is coming out. So we know. Right. For those of us who know the story, Goliath is a giant and he is on this team of the Philistines and every one of the Israelites are terrified of him. Right. Because he's so huge. And every day he comes and says, basically taunts the Phil- the Israelites and is like, send out your best man to fight me. And if I beat him, you'll become our slaves. And if you beat me, we'll become your slaves. And everyone is too chicken to go and fight him. And so David comes right at this time. And he's really upset with the Israelites because Goliath is taunting God. He's like, who is this guy, basically? And what, what will be done for the man who kills him? And someone's like, he'll get great wealth. He'll get, have have the tax exemption, and he can marry the king's daughter. So <laughs> then his, so then David, David is basically like, "You're all pussies. If none of you yeah, are mad enough, much, yeah. then I'm gonna fight him." This like 15 year old weenie, 15 year old kid. Yeah, uh, I'm not afraid. And one of his brothers is like, "Saul will never allow it." And immediately there's a messenger that's like, "The king wants to see you." <laughs> well. He's not fighting him for himself, though. He's fighting him because he defies the armies of the living God or something. Yeah, he, he has says like, that same statement like 12 times. Faith that God is on their side. Right. And that, yeah. So Saul is a little incredulous. King Saul is a little incredulous that this right. kind of weenie little boy <laughs> can fight this giant. And... Connie also is like, you really can't do this. It's super dumb. Um, But David convinces the king, telling him how he kills lions and bears with his bare hands whenever they try and take his sheep. And the king's like, okay, sure. Sure, I guess you're tougher than you look. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You've convinced me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Connie's like, well, at least put on some armor. And he refuses armor because he just can't move in those. And He's an idiot, really. Yeah. Is he an I idiot would... or is he full of faith? Or just like an, <laughs> an arrogant douchebag. 
Or is it all the same? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think, um, isn't he only arrogant if he is over? Loses. What? If he's over? If he loses? <laughs> if he loses, yeah. I think so. <laughs> like overconfidence. Right, um, yeah. So my favorite was this exchange between Connie and Sexy David. As we find out later, this story is enough to get Connie to like semi commit to reading the entire Bible. Oh my god! Honestly, <laughs> if this is like their best story, they don't have a lot going for them. Um, I mean, Connie does say like, uh, "I might consider reading some more yeah, of it." That's we'll see. True. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an open ended. Telling yeah. telling Wit what he wants to hear. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Yeah. So. Basically, he's so, not wearing armor. He's uh, this tiny little kid. So Connie's like, uh, how are you going to defend yourself? You're going to throw rocks at him? And he's like, well, now that you mention it, I, that's a good idea. It's like, <laughs> like it was her idea. Yeah. yeah. And that's almost an exact quote, that one I'm not really paraphrasing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so he takes his staff and stones and she's like, you can't... And, what, you're going to fight him with sticks and stones? He's like, no, I'm going to use my sling also. <laughs> so he takes his sticks and stones and, and his leather strap. She's like, you need something more. And he's like, but I do have something more. I have the Lord God of Israel on my side. And Connie's like, that's not going to help you. And he's like, you're wrong, Connie. Watch what God can do. Uh, and then he goes you- and just gets like, skewered by Goliath because he's giant and Israelites lose. The end. (laughs) Connie hightails it out of there before uh, she gets caught too. If if only. I feel like that would have taken him down a peg or two. Yeah. And Christians who love this story down a peg or two. Yeah, basically it's like, well, if I say that God is telling me to do this, I can do anything. Yeah. And get away with it. God is always on my side is kind of the takeaway from this, which I don't think it's like, I don't think the Philistines, I think the Philistines were like pretty bad dudes. Yeah. I don't, Fair enough. You guys would know. <laughs> like, I think in this instance, it was actually like, okay, these guys are really bad. So we're, we're glad the Israelites won. I just am not glad that the Israelites winning uh, here gets turned into like a carte blanche let's kill whoever we want because we're America and God is on our side kind of a narrative. Do you know what I mean? Yes. We will force this into our narrative. Push yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Really, in in this story, um, America is the Goliath. So that's like the extra yucky thing, I think. Okay. Yeah, it's true. So Goliath starts, David approaches Goliath and he's taunting him. Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Come here and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David's like. So poetic. In his his keen young voice. You come against me with sword and spear (laughs) and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. This day the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. 
Is that like a direct quote from the Bible? I think, I think it a is. a lot of these are, yeah. Yeah. David's aim was true. He kills him with one stone and cuts off his head. And it's gory. And the Philistines run away. Yeah. And the narrator, How? Wit, as they're exiting the scene, says, it was one of the greatest victories in the history of Israel, thanks to a young shepherd boy who trusted with all his heart. <laughs> Court. Uh, Leah, sorry. Um, also, what's her name? Chris? Yeah, no, not Connie. Chris. Connie. Connie. Connie's witnessing this all. She's what, like 14? 15? Yeah. 15. Yeah. Witnessing 15. this all. I know, and she's like, oh, I feel sick. Yeah. Yeah. Ew, gross. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if she had nightmares that night. Except, again, yeah. it's unclear. Like, she's witnessing it in her imagination only. So maybe right. instead of blood, it's like it's glitter. Oh, yeah. That would be better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To celebrate David's homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rainbow um, glitter. And Connie's like, what? That's the end of it? And Wit's like, you can read the rest in the Bible. 1 Samuel 17. If you think you can stand a boring old Bible story, that is. Don't do it, Connie. <laughs> Run. I guess I was wrong about that, she says. Um, I don't know. I mean, I always thought... Hey, are all the stories in the Bible this exciting? No. They're really, they're really not. They're really, they're mostly this, not. This story isn't even this exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's like, there's only one way for you to find out, isn't there? Because he, I mean, there are lots of ways because he could just tell her. But it's like, nope, you got to read it for yourself. Um. Yeah. And they didn't have Google back then, so... True. They did have li libraries, but I don't know if they... <laughs> that would help her. There's no Wikipedia in the library. Yeah. Um, Connie's like, well, maybe I will read them sometime. Meanwhile, I better get this place cleaned up. And Wit's like, why don't you call it a night? And here I was thinking, oh, that's nice. He's going to clean up the room for her. And then he's like... Yeah. <laughs> You can do this tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> like, man. Oh, fuck you, Wit. Yeah. yeah. It's his mess. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Then Connie's like, great. I'm out of here. Thanks for showing the, me the machine. It made me see this room in a way I didn't see it before. Bye-bye. And then at the end, after Connie's gone, Wit's like, and thank you, Lord. Which was Ugh. like, yes, thank you. It was just like yeah. the worst moment. Like, why? Like, thank you, Lord, for using me to speak into this young girl's life. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because this whole this whole album is basically leading up to spoiler, Connie becoming a Christian. Which spoiler. we get to. Yeah. Indeed. I'm yeah. sad that she, she only made it away. three albums. I know. I, mean, I wish that she could have had more time. <laughs> She becomes a Christian, and then we meet Eugene, who is the next, who becomes the next uh, project. Project, yeah. exactly. Yeah, project person to convert, conversion yeah. project. Um, okay, then the Exos plot. The scriptures yeah. are full of so many wonderful things, says Chris. Are they exciting adventure stories, beautiful poetry, and most important, God's word to us? And He wants us to remember them all the time. Deuteronomy 6 says, God's words are to be upon your hearts. Talk about them at home and when you walk and lie down and get up. 
I really, my favorite is how they really tied in the beginning and this idea of sex. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what, what were they trying to get across? Like, oh, you're, God's always on your side or read the Bible. <laughs> like, or, yeah. And what happened to the true success? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. That has nothing to do with the end. And then also this, like, what, why God's, God's words being on your hearts. Like, even just this yeah. sentence, the scripture is full of so many wonderful things, adventure stories, beautiful poetry, and most importantly, God's words to us. Which ones are his words, then? Because that's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Very open-ended there. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like those things separately, which ones are God's words? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, there's no separation. Yeah. I think none of, none of it connects to anything else. Whoever wrote this didn't actually, it's like they, they took a beginning and an end and were like, let's just, it's like my, my prediction with Simpsons episodes Yeah, they take a beginning and they take an end and they're like, how do I get here in 20 <laughs> minutes? And then they throw as much ridiculous stuff as they can. In yeah. this show, it was like beginning and, and as little as possible to connect the two. Yeah. yeah Cause I also was like, why would you pick? these two stories of David, like, why would you show that he was anointed yeah. king and then have him kill Goliath? Like, you could just have him killing Goliath stand on its own. Yeah. If you're yeah, going to show yeah. him being anointed king, then you should show some of the conflict that comes from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because like, it's irrelevant. Him being anointed king is irrelevant to him fighting Goliath. But, but he very... won against Goliath because he was anointed king. I don't know. Maybe that's what they're trying to get across. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I I didn't get it. No, that's fair. There I don't was know. no linear story throughout. <laughs> right, because then they could have like it would have been way more interesting if they would have talked about David and Jonathan, and then also all the multiple ways that Saul tried to kill David. Yep. <laughs> and or David being king, and then all of the women, and then also Bathsheba, and yeah. him killing her husband, like. Yeah, man after God's own heart, my ass. Connie's in for a real surprise if she does continue reading. <laughs> she she right. sure is. No, sexy David. No. <laughs> yeah. Is it so? Do we think that that him having all the women is just to cover up his love for Jonathan? Probably. I mean, I think that's also part of being king, right? Because you marry yeah, a totally. lot of people to make, um, like. It's like a Offspring? peace treaty. Oh, also, yeah. like peace treaties with different lands, kingdoms, right? yeah, like right. connections with different. Yeah, like a lot of it would be political. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but Bathsheba was purely sexual. <laughs> I mean, she was bathing on a rooftop. She was, yeah. Much like I'm sure several other people were also. <laughs> I'm sure that's where their bathtubs were. Yeah. Yeah. He just liked her because he couldn't have her. There is a lot more they could have shown. I mean, I actually think the story of David is one of the most interesting ones. Yeah. It's also, it's one of the most comprehensive ones that we have. Because you kind of know, you, you know a lot about his whole life. Him and Joseph are kind of the two big ones. Of like, you get to see kind of their whole journey. Yeah, and they're kind of similar. To... Yeah. Journeys. Youngest, youngest children. <laughs> Candace is like, uh. 
Well, I'm excited for you to do wonderful things. Thank and you. Glad I don't have to, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I so do is plan it, on taking over the world. The youngest children that are just all young the youngest children are anointed by God? I guess so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> look at us, Leah. Look at us. Four years Ooh. of Bible college. That's right. <laughs> That's what oh, it is. Yeah. This is what we have to show for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, uh, crappy podcast. Actually, I'm proud of our <laughs> I'm proud of our little podcast. I'm proud of you guys. This yeah. this ain't no crappy podcast. <laughs> it's so much fun. We like it. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, but no, I, I was do... just gonna say religious trauma. Oh yeah. This is what we have to show for it. Yeah. I was curious because did you guys went did you guys take any class a class on Samuel when you were in Bible college? We took one on prophets. And do you remember that, Leah? I don't know if I took Maybe that. Maybe you did my last semester, and I yeah quit my last semester. <laughs> oh, you That's didn't fair. finish? No, no, I'm a semester away from my degree, which will wow. never. Happen. That is like rebellious i love yeah. it well first of all it was more of a mental breakdown but yeah rebellious oh. that's what i was going okay. for okay <laughs> but I was the like, mental breakdown, yeah 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 the mental breakdown was the fact that i was questioning all of it and i'm like literally everything why <laughs> why am i doing this yeah you're the one that got away you are i mean did I? <laughs> With all this baggage? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm just curious, like, was there any talk about David and Jonathan in any of your classes? Because this is one of my favorite things that uh, Car- that Karis keeps sending me stuff on, is David and Jonathan's, <laughs> like, romantic relationship. And it's so beautiful, and I love it. I know. I this was not something that was brought up in college, and it I'm had it surprised. been brought up, it would have been quashed very very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I have been stumbling across several TikTok related things that are ta- talk about uh, David and Jonathan and their homosexual relationship, and it makes so much sense. They like dance naked together. They like you know, there's these like really intimate moments between them. That and there's like one we've... verse that talks basically about David's dick being hard. Really? Yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> yeah, because it would not have been framed in such a way. Fair right. enough. They would have been like, this means something else. Yeah, because he says, your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of a woman. Interesting. Right? How come I never see the problem I is know. I was being spoon fed and I was just yeah. taking what it at face value and I didn't try actually studying it for myself. Yeah, totally. I know. Yeah, because what me you're taught is like, oh, their friendship was so pure and you know non-sexually special, special. Mm-hmm. like they're so yeah it's just they're, not they, even allowed to cross your mind when you're mm-hmm. it, when they talk about it you know okay first samuel 18 verses three and four then jonathan so this is soon after they met 
Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that he was wearing and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. That's so romantic. He got totally naked. He's just like, but it's also like, I'm giving you, I'm being so vulnerable with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After David finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. Don't they talk about like man and wife for marriage becoming one soul? Yep. Like how could that be any more clear? Yeah. That seems very clear. Because that also is very clearly an act because it's like after this happened, then this happened. It's not like they... You know, it's an act of loving. Also, like, okay, I know this isn't part of the story, but then the next day, so there's like all of this anger between Saul and David. But then it says the next day of an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. Mm -hmm. So God's just like stirring up contention. And then he like goes and tries to kill him. If we look at Old Testament God, he's insane. He's pretty angry all the time. Yeah. Which, oh, that's a whole other thing of why why it's so weird that it just flips a switch. Yeah. I mean, because it like, has to be, it has to be like, okay, well, God is in control of everything. But then that just becomes insane because then God is literally, like, torturing and murdering people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In this instance, God is causing Saul to try to murder David, who he is anointed as king. Like, he's playing this incredibly fucked up mind game. Hmm. Or Saul is mentally ill. You know, like, different explanation. <laughs> Same yeah. pieces. Then, so basically then what happens is Saul's daughter, Nical, is in love with David. And then they get um, arranged married because Saul is going to use it as, like... Um, anyway, but that doesn't work. So Saul tries to, like, trick him into, like, marrying his daughter so that he can kill him, but his daughter loves David, and that doesn't work. So he, because, oh, because he said, if you get the foreskins of all of the Philistines. Oh, right. So he does. So he goes and he does and goes <laughs> yeah, back. Like, He's like, here you go. 3,000 foreskins or... Yeah. So, so his hope... Cause Saul's and then hope he takes he them, literally, like, strings them together and brings them... Yeah, him. yeah. So gross. It's gross. It's Why gross. didn't they put this one in the adventures? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm realizing too. I get a little off tangent, but with um, with giving Connie this specific story, growing up in the church and going to youth group and stuff, it was it. I was never told, oh, you should read the Bible beginning to end. They're just like, oh, let me tell you about this very crucial story that's going to change your life and, yeah. and make you on fire for Jesus. But I, like until Bible college, I had never read most of the Old Testament because like growing up in the church, everyone's like, New Testament, let me uh, teach you something from here. But never really. And then obviously, like the s- stories of like Jonah and yeah. David and There's Goliath the big ones. There's like the yeah. big ones we teach kids Noah's Ark. Yep. Yeah. David and Goliath. David and Goliath. Jonah. Um, Jonah. Uh, creation. Yeah. Abraham and Isaac. Yeah. yeah. 
which that's pretty which is a super (laughs) (laughs) so that Uh, one is really interesting because Stephen was telling me he took this class in university and they had like an orthodox priest come in and talk at one point and he talked about that story of like abraham sacrificing his son like taking his son to sacrifice him and his interpretation of that story is basically that abraham had convinced himself that he had to do this thing to show his love for god and and how many people convince themselves that they're hearing from god to do horrible things like and god literally had to be like Look, here is something else to kill. Do not kill your son. I do not want that. Yeah. And how many how many people have sacrificed their children on the altar of their own ego, basically? Mm. I was like, whoa, like that is such a more profound interpretation of that story than anything that we were ever taught. And I don't know about Bible college, but I assume (laughs) more profound than even in Bible college. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that take before. No, I, love I think that. it resonated yeah. with me so much being a PK because mm-hmm. I feel like that is like the life of so many PKs, right? Just to be like sacrificed on the altar of your parents' ego, kind of. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they kiss. David oh, and Jonathan. Really? Yeah. There's oh, they all do more than that. Tension. Yeah. Well, so they at one point they go out into a field together. Mm-hmm. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Come, Jonathan said, let's go out into the field. So they went there together. And then, like, they talk more. But, you know, other things. They talk. Uh, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together. But David wept the most. Does it say why he wept the most? I think that seems very... Yeah, it's... This is yeah, it's because Saul is trying to Saul. kill him. Right. And Jonathan had gone back to find out if uh, Saul was favorable towards him and not, or not and told David he would come and tell him what was going on. And so, Wow, there's so much that I forgot. That I know. I just like blocked out of my memory. <laughs> totally. Jonathan as a lover. He loved him as a brother. Please read the whole book. Okay, okay, keep reading to see their brotherly love. Like in verse 4, when Jonathan strips himself down to his drawers. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Or I guess I could keep reading into 2 Samuel when David says that Jonathan's love for him was better than that of women. Well, or should I read the part where they were kissing in the field and the Bible says that David exceeded the Gadal is a Hebrew word there and it means to grow large. What part of David do you think grew? Never mind. My Lord. But no, you're probably right. They were just like brothers. Oh my god. You should post that link in the Yeah. Is that that's right where you are right now? Where they were kissing in the field. Yeah, I know. I don't see the him growing large. Yeah, I'm well, sure they took that to out. Version. Because they as we know the versions are very political and ideological, yeah. the way things are interpreted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see that would it. be an inconvenient thing to put in. <laughs> Yeah, all I have is, so Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. (laughs) Yeah, 
A mutual masturbation? Is that a... <laughs> yeah. I mean, he loved him in the same way. Yeah. yeah. How do you do self-love? Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so clear. How it have seems... we never... I know. It seems very clear. But there is this harping on this idea that they were like brothers. Right? Mm. Yep. So then to, to like ever think about it differently is feels almost like incestuous even though it's like very clear they were lovers they were like best friends and they were lovers hashtag no homo though (laughs) hashtag totally homo all the homo yeah Yeah. i love it also Um, this is where one of my favorite bible verses is um you son of a perverse and rebellious woman (laughs) that's a good one saul says that to jonathan his own son? Yeah. It's a yo mama joke. <laughs> Not a joke. Do we know what happens to Jonathan later on? Does he, he die? Or... Does he die? Does he do anything spectacular before he dies? Or of note? <laughs> Let's see. He dies at the Battle of Mount Gilboa, along with his father and brothers. Oh, and this is fighting against David? I think so. Let me... What a sad story. It is really horrible. Oh, no, it's uh, against the Philistines. Oh. Oh. Philistines were in hot pursuit of Saul and his sons, (laughs) and they killed his sons Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malkishua. Oh. And where's David at this point? Is he on the I run right now? Then David and all the men with him took hold of their clothes and tore them. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel because they had fallen by the sword. But really for Jonathan. But really for Jonathan. That was, yeah. David's so lament. David took up this lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan. And then it's like a psalm. Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and admired, and in death they were not parted. Uh, grieve free. Oh, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain in your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. I wonder if that was translated incorrectly. Oh. Yeah. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so clear. It is fallen. They definitely that's definitely an incorrect translation, I betcha. I mean like Jonathan, my brother. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I probably have, but that I just this year listened to um a different podcast where they were interviewing someone who wrote a book about how I think it's NASB, NA New American Standard. That was a little more controversial, I think. Um and how they, like, in that translation, they deliberately removed any reference to women being disciples and... What? Yeah. Yeah, like, women leading anything in order to perpetuate gender oppression, basically. Yikes. Like, complementarian bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Uh... So the translator does make a wow. huge difference. Like, yeah. what's there. Yeah. Because 
the problem is people, especially evangelicals, are coming in. Maybe they learn the language, but then they're coming in already with this lens that's like, the world yeah. is this way, and these this is the way God wants things to be, which yeah. are they're not learning from the Bible. They're learning from their environment, and yeah. then they're translate quote unquote translating the Bible with all these presuppositions already in their heads and just making yeah like basically just creating the bible that they want you know yeah and i feel like that's how it was written too like way back when it was being written it was it was yeah they're they say god was speaking to them but they're still humans they're still going to write it down from the lens that they see things Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah, and, and now we're forever, thousands of years later. Like, how yeah. many, how many still lenses? translating it wrong? Yeah. Uh, so I uh, am just. I just did a super quick search of like brother and like other translations of it from Hebrew. Oh, okay. And a lot of them are like buddy, good friend, distant friend, comrade, colleague, and then there's one that is yours truly. Oh, so I wonder if it was something more like that. Like, I mean, even love. good friend is different than brother and colleague. Like, there's yeah. a huge difference there's between those range. Yeah, chum, buddy, good friend, friend, distant friend. Yeah, comrade, colleague, yours truly, to name a few. So, yeah, true love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just was curious about that. So David was bisexual. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was definitely into Bathsheba. Right. Yeah. Pun intended. Yeah. And he was obviously into Connie. Yeah. (laughs) As a teen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's why he fought Goliath. He did it actually for her. He, he wanted, wanted to look, to look like her. he was doing it for God, but he was actually doing it for her. Yeah. Look how strong I am. Yeah. Look, he looked, pay attention to me. No big <laughs> deal. I just, you know, knocked out this Philistine, cut Every, off his head. Everything I do is to impress you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was why he cut off his head. It's just like a very phallic thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it's almost foreshadowing for all the foreskins. Ah, yes. Yeah. Start with the giant one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are in Bible college. Is there any, because he takes how many, he takes six smooth stones from the river to fight Goliath. Five smooth stones. Okay. Because I heard this is because he thought he would also have to fight his four brothers. Like his actual brothers? Yeah, like, apparently Goliath Goliath's has four brothers. brothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is a great that God. Oh, and I also want to get into a little bit like the mythology of Goliath and like where giants came from because isn't there a belief that angels, like the the angels that were cast out of heaven, came and had children with like women, and that's where giants came from? And that's Very... like Nephilim. Yeah, is that in the Bible? Or is that uh, yeah. external? No, to the there's Bible. something in the Bible, um, but it's not clear. It says like the sons of God 
had sex with the daughters of men. And I think that's um, in Noah's Ark, like before Noah's Ark or oh. right around that. Cause like the world was evil. Yeah. But it doesn't clarify like what that means. Cause it could have been like the sons of God could be like the King, like sons of Kings or like what, who is God in this context? I just remember mm. talking about it in the Pentateuch class that we took. I don't know if you took the that one, Leah. But probably, but who fucking knows if you, I remember you any of it. it all out. Yeah. Nice. yeah. <laughs> I'm realizing like the more we talk, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm realizing I have more trauma than I thought I did. Oh, no. <laughs> the fact that I don't remember anything. Yeah. You blocked it all. Yeah. yeah. If you pastored a church, I would go there. If I pastor, yeah, same. I think that's the only church that I would ever Guys, attend. I'm going to start the Church <laughs> of Cats. Yes, okay. it's be like cats. a cat cafe. Yeah, yes, that's my kind of church. Yeah, Hot I damn. like it. Can we do like tarot readings? And yeah, stuff? you oh can my get gosh. the cat tarot. Yeah, <laughs> my cats can do the tarot reading. That's oh right. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. They'll like knock them off the side of the table and then exactly in the, the ways way they that fall, fall. Yeah. yeah, that flip over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems pretty legit to me. As yeah. legit as some of the churches I've been to. <laughs> Good segue. Yeah, yeah, that was smooth. Yeah, it's these kind of things like stuck with me because. They were like the small, interesting tidbits that no one ever addressed at church hmm. that you like uh-huh. hear kind of like that are like, oh, wow, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> if like Goliath was a son of a fallen angel. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, these are like the son of Lucifer details. Yeah. I'm watching a lot of Supernatural right now. We just watched I mean- <laughs> Lucifer's son, Jack, you know, it's good times. <laughs> But he's not a giant. No, he's not. Um, but I do remember da- our dad doing a sermon. Maybe it was either a sermon or maybe it was just like a class, like a lecture in class about why David had five stones. Or like, it was like a using the five stones to relate to our journey. Like... When you're fighting the Goliath in your life. That sounds super familiar. <laughs> right? Apparently one of the giants, we find out later, had six ha- fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. I did know that. And that was one of Goliath's siblings? Yeah. He was. He also was descended from the giants. Hmm. And when he taunted Israel, David's brother struck him down. It's, do you think that that's like a story that David's brother made up because he felt like <laughs> such su- such a loser? It's like his like baby brother came and like yeah, killed this giant. Totally. And was like, oh yeah, well I killed a giant too, and it was his brother, and it happened like this. Got to one up him. He like yeah. found the stone tablets that had been like written about it, and he's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> he like added his own and yeah. he, like snuck it in. <laughs> And they had papyrus, right? Oh yeah, probably. I don't know. It just feels more comical being on a stone tablet. It just seems like a lot more work. That's very like Mormon. A lot more determination. <laughs> I mean, there is also like a verse where it's like, is it Abraham was the most humble man in the world or something? But it's written 
It's like the first five books of the Bible were like written by Abraham, weren't they? And okay. so like he was he wrote it and was like, I'm like he wrote it in third person perspective, but it was Abraham writing that Abraham was the most humble person in the land. <laughs> we have like a Donald Trump figure in Abraham. Yes. I'm the most humble. I have all the humble. <laughs> yeah, I'm not finding anything. I think you're right about the thinking that it was the brothers. Oh, yeah. Goliath had brothers. Second Samuel 21, verse 19 to 22. So, yeah. So that is biblical or that is from the Bible that he yes. had four brothers. Okay. David knew... What? there could well be a possibility that when he killed Goliath, that his four brothers might take over. Um, How did that, I, that is, I mean, that's a reach, don't you think? Or is it that clear? Like he took five stones. I don't know. Let me look. Okay. Let me look that at what the actual like verse something is. Someone was reading and they're like, Oh, this is a, this is a nice coincidence. We're going to say that this is why he did it. Hmm. I don't I don't feel like there's actually any evidence other than the fact he had five stones and there was five brothers. Yeah, I think you're some pastor was like, and you know why he took five stones? Because Goliath had four brothers. And then <laughs> and since then everyone's like, Yeah, that's why. Yeah. But what's the lesson in that? Because <laughs> he was so confident that God would kill them all in one stone oh yeah Um, five brothers with one stone yeah which is relates to success somehow yeah (laughs) i guess you killed him successfully yeah no you're right there is no actual like clear lineation between them it's just these four were descendants of rafa and gath and they fell at the hands of david and his men it like explains how they get killed and stuff so you're right it has nothing to do with it that's just like a theory. That's something that people have strung once. together. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode was this focus on the individual reading of the Bible. Like Mr. Whitaker being like, Connie, you should just, you definitely should just go and read the Bible on your own without any training yeah. or anything. Like, because that would be because interesting to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that seems very counter in like, counter to what they usually say or what like focus on the family and the evangelical church is all about because they're usually like they're very much about here's the correct interpretation of the bible Mm. and if you read it any differently than that the whole construct of the church is that like pastor will tell you how it is (laughs) yeah exactly sunday sermons yeah a, a tenet of evangelical Christianity is this idea of an individual relationship with God and that you can hear from God uh, individually true. when you read the Bible. And that was the true. whole, like, was that Martin, the, oh yeah. Martin Luther, the theses, 96 theses. Yes. Yeah. Where he was like, everyone should be able to read the Bible. Cause the problem was only the priests right. were reading and right. sharing right. interpretations. Yeah. And so this has become like a deeply held belief right. in evangelicism um, that any individual can read and understand and God will reveal to them what is going right. on in the text, which is also very problematic. Yeah, that's like, dangerous. You don't, it's so <laughs> yeah. dangerous and we've seen it be dangerous. And even like these pastors who supposedly have 
uh, hermeneutical training and things still just yeah. take things wildly out of context and come up with insane things that they attribute to the Bible and to God. Um, and, and I feel like telling someone who is not a Christian, who has had very little exposure to the Bible to just like start reading the Bible is, I mean, very bad witnessing, but I guess in their mind, like God will lead her to the right passage, right? The Holy spirit will her heart yeah. or whatever. But like that- if she starts in Deuteronomy, like <laughs> numbers, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so-and-so beget so-and-so beget so-and-so. Yeah. These are the and laws. Do not wear mixed fibers. Do not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn. Well, also, I feel like that leads to a lot of cherry picking in your Christianity of like, oh, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this and I like this, but this we're going to twist it to make it fit my narrative. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're if you don't have that guidance or that understanding going into it, like Connie, like with no background at all, she's going to get real confused real fast or she's going to interpret some things wildly out of context (laughs) yeah and I feel like even if you've been to bible school Mm -hmm. like I had friends well acquaintances when I was in college that had been to bible schools like very conservative ones and one of the guys that I was talking to said that the way he was taught to read the bible was like basically you read the old testament with the lens of it is every story is talking about Jesus, which is right. just okay. something some guy thought was like a fun activity. And now it's like a standardized, like every story in the old Testament is, is talking about Jesus and leading to Jesus, you know, like Abraham and Isaac is talking about how sure. Jesus is going to be the sacrificial lamb. And but like, how was how David and Goliath, Noah, I yeah. don't understand. Mm-hmm. They're Joe? really reaching. <laughs> yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sheba. I mean, I think she- that's like, then maybe Jesus will die to right. redeem the sins of things right. like that. That's you know, what it like, becomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the tale of every story. Jesus will come to save these sinful people. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, it's so weird because it's like, well, everything is true except, or like everything is real and everything happened except Job. Well, that might be an allegory. And, you know, all the stuff that's said in Micah or Habakkuk or whatever about like the end times or da- Daniel, Daniel maybe. Where it's is like, that way? Like the like 144 the of 100. Yeah. With the, the angels with the weird faces. The real angels. Like, <laughs> yeah. The number, like the weird numbering of like the men of, anyway. Yeah, if it's not all you know, like, literal, and or if it's not all metaphorical, that gets real confusing when you're trying to learn and study it. Like, uh, yeah. what's what? And, and <laughs> like, but also, who, it, who is, yeah. it is confusing, and it is yeah. nuanced, and it is messy. And when yeah. you, like, you're not just dealing with stories from thousands of years ago you're also dealing with people's interpretations of stories from Mm -hmm. thousands of years ago and you're dealing with like the stories you're dealing with someone's compilation like you had someone choose and decide that these ones go together Mm -hmm. and they're all from like different settings and different contexts and different you know and even like there are some that are very clearly poetry that most evangelicals will refuse to 
acknowledge our poetry, you know, like, Mm -hmm. yep. No, this is a factual account or this is like, or things that are like very clearly oral traditions like Genesis. It has a structure for being passed down by oral tradition and people Mm -hmm. and oral tradition is like a story that has a lot of really important information in it. It isn't necessarily like scientific fact. It's not like someone's journal, Mm, right? Like they're not like, I, this is a record of my journal. I was here and like on the first day, God created the heavens and the earth on the second day, you know, like, yeah, no, (laughs) it's like an, an oral tradition is the creation story and it's meant to be engaged with and it's meant to carry some truths and some profound wisdom but it's not meant to be taken literally you know Mm. yeah but I love that in I love that you bring that up in that in the beginning of this episode Wit very clearly says this is a true story yeah Yeah. none of the names have been changed like he has to like clarify and like I feel like yeah like the church is all about doing your own devotional. Like the church is all about doing your own devotional time and whatever. But I feel like they also are like, but first let's teach you how to interpret this correctly. Yeah. So that, you know, we're still somehow indoctrinating you into our belief system as you look at the Bible through fresh eyes and let the Holy spirit speak to you. Through me. <laughs> through, yeah, yeah, through my through interpretation. This very only. specific yeah. framework that yeah. we are going yeah. to give you. And there is no, and if you step outside of this framework and, you know, explore some of the other very valid ways of understanding historical documents, then. That's the enemy. <laughs> yeah. And this is why people hated, in the evangelical community, hated Rob Bell. Because yep. he was like, he he brought in elements of like sociology and like historical set, like, yeah, making sure to situate things historically. And, mm. and people didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. They got real nervous. <laughs> like, oh, well, expose some things. Yeah. Because like, even in, within the concept of universalism, which is like a very anti-evangelical concept. Um, which is what can you explain that for us universalism is when is the concept that christ died for everybody everybody is going to heaven there is no hell we -hmm. die we go to heaven there is no whereas evangelical christianity is you believe in jesus and you go to heaven and if you don't believe in jesus it doesn't matter how good of a person you are Mm -hmm. you still go to hell and it's also like it is so icky and it's yeah. so manipulative. Like it's a yeah. fear tactic to manipulate for to socially control people. And they tell on themselves with this because also it has so many specifications. Like right mm. now on our Patreon, we're doing we're going through the Christy Miller books. And Christy Miller is this teenage girl who has been raised in church, and we find out that somehow, despite going to church every Sunday and I'm sure being given ample opportunities to pray the sinner's prayer has no idea about it and (laughs) is going to hell, even though she like very clearly by this point in her life would have the quote unquote become a Christian, like probably 10 times like we all did, you know, (laughs) 
So it's like, even if you're a Christian, that's not good enough because you have to be a Christian in a very specific way. Yeah. One of the classes that we took was an evangel- evangelical class, which is like evangelism or like telling people about Jesus and like bringing them to Jesus. Yeah. And so one thing we had to do was memorize the Roman road. I don't know if that was for this class or for a different class, but so the Roman road is a group of Bible verses in Romans that people will use as like a jumping off point for bringing people to Christ as like, while you were, what is it like all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Like all of these things. Right. But one of those verses, Oh yeah. No, I just want to say, like, and again, very clearly, the Roman road is a thing. Some guy, like, read through the Bible and just, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, 100%. Things. and then that becomes, like, that what is taught as yeah. Yeah. the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, but then there's, like, that one verse that, like, I, I don't know, I always go back to of, like, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us us all of us everybody doesn't matter who you are what you've done like he already he already did the deed sorry that's a terrible way to put it (laughs) did you listen to that episode of mega with jason mancusi no i don't know did i like uh his thing was like i I just wanted everyone to know that jesus fucked yes (laughs) That episode. Uh, oh. He's fun. Yeah. If you listen to this show, um, you would probably really enjoy Mega the podcast. It's yeah, very good. It's a satire podcast about uh, Mega Church, mm. and it's incredible. Highly, highly recommend. There, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I just think of that verse. Like, okay, so he already died for all of us. Like, I feel like that kind of answers a lot of that. Like, he did it for everyone. Is he going to be that petty to be like, well, because you didn't say that you believed in me? I mean, yeah, it's like he, you so know, he like, did he or didn't died he? for our sins. And then, and then they are gatekeeping. Yeah. Who he died for. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you have to accept it in the correct way. Follow the Roman road. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, there's now that I say that I can hear my Bible college training being like, but there's this verse that disproves that. And this verse that disproves that. And this, and I'm like, your Bible college voice is dad's voice. It totally is. Yeah. Um, should we talk about the questions? Because they're super dumb questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who's looking at them? What the hell? <laughs> okay. You know why they're so dumb? Is that they literally had no real storyline. Question number one. Connie thought there were much better stories to tell than those in the Bible. Why do you think she believed that? Because Is there are. True? Because <laughs> <laughs> Easy question. Yeah, because, yeah, Bible stories suck. Why Why did God reject all of David's brothers? 
Does anyone know this? Again, like, how are we supposed to know these? From the story they told? No. There's there's no... My thoughts are is that they are too big, strong, and handsome, and that, you know, they get distracted by, you know, the women that are... Which happened to David anyways. But (laughs) they're, you know, they're too macho of men that they aren't going to give in to what God has for them. That's my interpretation. <laughs> Basically. Think, I feel like, yeah, there, or there is an, an element of like, because David is so weeny, like God's, yeah. God can the really show off how powerful he is. You know, like it's, it, it's much more apparent that it's God and not him. Yeah. It's a real gross way of oh, looking at it. Oh, <laughs> that is. Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to find who wrote this episode. Do we know who wrote it? Oh, I don't know. Usually, I'm just looking up like if it says anywhere. Oh, written by Phil Lawler. Yeah. Oh yeah. Most basically, basically they were all tall and strong, and handsome. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's so interesting. Like God props up, like. I also think maybe God. wanted to like trouble the gender binary. I like that interpretation of it. Yeah. I've never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> Got because it. he was more wanted like feminine. To... Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, I guess if it's, it is like, the se- it introduced people to the spectrum of sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they completely disregard that in yeah. their translations. Yeah. How are we supposed to know the answers to these questions? We're not. If we really read our Bibles, God would tell us the answers. I mean, but the thing is, there is also like a party line answer to these questions. I'm just so far removed from it now that I don't know. Don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus? Jesus is always the answer, children. (laughs) Why did David pick up five stones to fight Goliath? Why not one or two or three or four? And I honestly was just thinking as soon as you read that was like, I wonder if that's showing that maybe he doubted if God was actually going to help him. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why someone came up with this idea that he picked up five because he knew there were five giants in the Gath family. Totally. Uh, Because you could not doubt. I mean, I think also like the way David is characterized is as like very, very clearly believing in God in the face of even the Israelites like not so I mean I kind of get where this theory comes from but it is like crazy to me to to attribute it as his motivation like no one fucking knows okay yeah yeah but why mention that he picks up five stones and not tell us why yeah according to medium.com which is as we know is I'm sure a very reliable source the fact that he picked up five stones is to tell is a tell in the story. It shows us that David's faith hypothesis should be discarded. What? So, so you're right. He d- he yeah, so it's he didn't have faith. But now I think the story tells us something completely different than David's ha- faith. God did not intervene. David was able to defeat Goliath because David had the right training, experience, and knowledge. It was David's skills and abilities, which he learned on his own, that gave him the unexpected advantage over his enemy. 
I like that interpretation, huh. actually. Yeah. yeah. Be prepared, just in case God doesn't intervene. <laughs> yeah. David, instead, David... Thought, he would yeah. have to hit him in a few spots to take him down. Hmm. So then it says... Uh, David challenged Goliath because of because of his faith and ultimately defeated him because of his skill. Hmm. That is, it was David's faith that prompted him to fight Goliath to begin with. This is just someone's interpretation of this it. This is someone's yeah. interpretation of it. As is any information that we have yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah. No, Candace, there's truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's all truth. Yeah. None of the names have changed. Every part of the story <laughs> is true. Yeah. I just, okay, but also, like, the way Connie interacts with the story is, like, I mean, yes, we get it. The whole point is that she was there. But the fact that she's the one that's, like, what are you going to do? Throw some stones at him? <laughs> like, she's the one that changed the whole... Yeah, like, like, like Wit knew she was going to ask that and, yeah. like, created the story around it or, like, yeah. how... This is the this is the weird thing about it is like that she is part of the story, therefore it needs to be a dynamic story with like different you know, it's like a video game where like yeah. you go talk to a character and it's like you can either say hi or you can like punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you decide is like what happens next in the video game. Yeah. I except in the video game Connie's the one fighting Goliath. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, I would read a story like that. Yeah. If she, like, um, stepped in his spot. Yeah. 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 We're like, don't do it! Run! And she gets hit with a rock instead. But I think that's also, like, supposed to highlight her... How she's not a Christian, right? Right. Like, uh, her lack of faith in right. God. Totally. Yeah. Make a spectacle of her. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the whole concept of, like, the wisdom of man versus the wisdom of God. You know, uh -huh. there's, there's, right, God's wisdom seems foolish to man. And so then it's showing her as, like, the wisdom of man being like, are you crazy? This guy is, like, five times the size of you and he'll step on you and kill you. <laughs> You know, but God's wisdom is that we can do anything with five stones. Also, Goliath was only like eight feet tall. I, I but he was a giant. I know, yeah. like Andre the Giant. They make yeah, but they they make it sound like he's this like forty foot thing. That's I always mean, what I picture. People were but shorter you're right. back then too, so that's true. So he was probably twice like the five height. Feet, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. There's like that Madeline Langle book. Which one? From the one where it's like set in like before Noah's Ark. Yeah. And they're all like four foot, aren't they? They're like t short. Yeah, they're short. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that had nothing to do with anything with that. <laughs> when you said they were short, I was like, oh, yeah, I read it in a book once. <laughs> yeah, and I actually saw it at a museum. I went to this museum in England, I think. And oh, it, yeah. it had, like, this really, really old boat. Um, or, like, a recreation of this old boat based on, like, the specifications in someone's journal or something. And all the doors were so small. Little. Because uh, people were smaller. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Oh. 
I just want to ask one more time, what, how was this episode about true success? Is it like success in God's eyes versus in human eyes or like? Okay. So I, cause yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does kind of bury the lead because she's talking about like dressing for success and like it being kind of a superficial thing. But I think like he successfully murdered the giant. Like, so they successfully, <laughs> right? Like defeated the Philistines in this instance. So he accomplished also, his objective. Yeah. Right. Isn't that success? Right. Yes. Um, and I like that. I mean, although it wasn't really his objective, it was just a thing he decided once he got there. I was like, right. everyone here is just being wimps. I'm gonna kill yeah. this giant. God um, anointed me. I can do whatever the fuck I want now. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing. Like, I think. The anointing was maybe supposed to be symbolic of like dressing for success. You know, like if right. you're anointed by God. Uh, but does you... God anoint everyone? Apparently not in the Old Testament. Apparently God didn't really like people in the Old Testament. <laughs> I kind of feel them. <laughs> right? I get it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because the Lord touched him. Except he was already touched by God, you know? Right. Yeah. Which was, that that was maybe the thing that made me the most angry about this episode. Yeah, like, that made no sense. But maybe he was, like, no, but he was. Yeah, you're right. Like, because I was going to say, well, like, maybe he just, like, was this random guy, and then God touched him, and then, but you're right. No, because, like, before that, he would, like, write psalms and, like, you know, like, worship songs he would like play on his harp while he was like tending his sheep. Exactly. So does that mean if like, again, I feel like it comes back to what I was taught was like, the more you spend time in communicate communication with God and the more you put everything, your entire life is consumed by it. Then God will be like, okay, you're good enough. I'll anoint you. Yeah, pretty much. Or who is that guy who was like predestination? The predestination guy? Calvin? Yeah, is it like Calvinism? You will spend more time with God because you're already like, he's already created your nature to spend time with him. Right. Right? Oh, man. Yeah. And there's those of us who are going to heaven and those of us who aren't and those of us that, you know, could go either way just to because, make it interesting. Yeah. Which I have God to say is like chosen. one of the dumbest. I like, I hate listening to theories of that come from men like i like philosophy Mm -hmm. makes me so angry that like the Mm. amount of time that has been poured into this thing that is like so impractical like the reason women don't do philosophy is because it is so impractical and it Mm. is like so irrelevant Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the same thing like this theory that there's like people that are preordained to go to heaven and people that are preordained to go to hell. And then some people that could go either way. Like it's so dumb Mm. uh, in so many ways. And it's just this one guy like had this thought and now it is the basis of this entire branch of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary how much power they have. Like, for having stupid thoughts. Yeah. 
He's like, every time Stephen tells me something, he's like, if I say something and he's like, oh, well, that's like this philosopher. And then I'll be, or he'll, he'll, anytime he tells me something philosophical, usually I'm like, oh, I hate it. I hate them. It's so dumb. It's the worst. (laughs) Stupid shit men say. Yeah. Seriously. And like stupid mind games Mm -hmm. and word, like they're mostly word problems. Like, yeah. It has to do with, with phrasing. And if you phrase it slightly differently, it's like a gotcha. Like, they're just dumb gotchas for other... Oh, yeah. man. That feels like Bible college. Yeah. I think that's why it's so triggering for me, because it's so much like Christianity, yeah. the way yeah. that we were brought up, you know? Yeah. Jonathan and David were definitely boning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were in love. They had, a, like, a beautiful romantic relationship. I know. I love that. I'm really sad that churches. Don't acknowledge that. Actually. Yeah. This is, it's actually one of the most beautiful romance stories in the Bible. It yeah. is. Um, and I like that we spent so much time talking about it uh, because it was not in the episode at all. But <laughs> it's definitely like one of the more interesting things about David. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like focus on the family didn't do so good on this episode. <laughs> Yeah. What did they want to get again? Like this. So this episode was written by Phil Lawler and it just highlights to me how, if you are a white dude in Christian circles, you literally are allowed to do whatever you want. Cause he's not even a good writer. Like the writing of so many of these episodes sucks so Mm. bad, Mm -hmm. but it's just like the voice actors are good and the production values are good. And that kind of erases the very bad writing. Like mm. it, it feels like a first year university student thing to be able to connect the beginning to the end and also have the middle, like have the story actually like flow in a sequence that connects. Not hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Apparently. I mean, I feel like I should have written for this show. Yeah, you could have done so much better. I missed my chance. <laughs> I know. I should have tried harder when I was younger. Well, if Guys, you want, this if is you what wanna... you're doing right now, is you're rewriting them. From <laughs> yeah, your, them better. Yeah, from your point of view. Like, this is what they should have done. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um, yeah. If Karis, if you want to burn the podcast down and go and write for Focus on the Family, fulfill your dream... <laughs> I do not. Okay. But or to thank try to you. weasel your way in with your like you got you should do a story on David and Jonathan. Like I should. Come yeah. on, focus on the family. We should yeah. focus on I don't know. We should create our own company that's like focus on the family, but way better. And then have like adventures in not Odyssey and like <laughs> rewrite all of their stories and then like create our own radio dramas that are just 10 times better. Yeah. I'm going to shut anyway. this down. Yeah. Okay. Um, please find us. If you have stumbled upon us and have not found our social media, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ideology podcast. Uh, we also have a Patreon where we get to talk about even more fun stuff that is not adventures, not related. Uh, we recently had Leah on an episode f- 
for talking about our Bible college experience. And that was really fun. Uh, and all of that is available on our Patreon for $5 a month, Adventures in Ideology. And you can find us at adventuresinideology.ca. So follow us, like, subscribe, give us a good review on iTunes or Google. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.